All right, there we go. So like I said, we're going to continue on with the Polishing the Armor series based off of Ephesians 6. And I want to look at verses 12 through 13. And it reminds us, for our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore, put on the full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground and after you have done everything to stand. So polishing the armor, because at the end of the day, we can't afford to be rusty when there are dark, evil, unseen forces. And I want to continue on with that theme as I remind you on today to walk with your weapon. Okay, walk with your weapon. That is the name of this for today. Let me say a prayer for us so I can continue on with this message that I am so ready to deliver. Heavenly Father, Lord God, I just want to say thank you. Um, of course, it just it feels good to be back. It feels good back, you know, to be back teaching your word, Lord God. I want to say thank you even for, you know, the nuggets that you were downloading to me, even in my time of rest and my time of silence and the things that you were even showing me on, you know, what to teach on and what to speak on and what messages to relay. So I just want to say thank you for your word. I'm excited about this message, Lord God, something that I know that I myself need and I know that others need to hear it as well. Lord, of course I have my notes, but I pray that you decrease me, increase you, make this moment all about you and your glory so that we can get the victory. In the precious name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. Um, Again, and like I said, just because I've been silent doesn't mean that I have not been, you know, thinking about you all and preparing and downloading and time with God and taking some things in. And um, of course, I knew coming back like this is eventually like where we were going to pick back up with this series so and of course podcast listeners if you missed it I was just saying earlier with this whole polishing the armor series um I started this off at one point I think the very first message was fallen angels so I know that you can catch it whatever podcast channel you know that you're listening to it's also on the reach and teach youtube channel and the reach online church public group all right So in my neighborhood, naturally, like I'm sure a lot of neighborhoods today, there are a lot of pet owners and there are a lot of dog walkers, right? And I always, you know, kind of see when I'm even out there either walking our dog or even walking by myself, you know, just to exercise and get a little bit more fit. I see a lot of people walking their animals and oftentimes they're doing so without a stick or a weapon, you know, like for other animals, even at night. Um, you know, obviously, I don't know if they have like any unseen weapons or not. That's neither here or there, neither here nor there. But they seem to be walking with a weapon, though perhaps maybe another kind. I don't know where you grew up. I don't know where you currently live. But, you know, some neighbors like you never some neighborhoods are like you just you never go walking without some type of stick. You never know, you know, if there's an animal that you have to beat off or a person that you have to beat off, whatever. So you kind of see people carrying something. And I don't really see that too often in my neighborhood. And it just makes me think about the way that we walk. And a lot of times as believers, we need to walk with a weapon, right? But it does not always mean that people can see the weapon that we are walking with, even though that weapon is just as powerful. I want you to be intentional on polishing your armor. I've said that before, but let's really look at the verses even before and after what I just read in Ephesians 6, 13 
through 18. Ephesians 6, 13 through 18. Therefore, put on the full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground. And after you have done everything to stand, stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness in place and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, and pray in the spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. Let me quickly remind us, right, of 1 Peter 5, 8. It says to be alert. It says to be alert because our enemy, the devil, he is prowling around like a lion and he is literally looking for someone to devour. We have an enemy, one who is jealous, one who is evil, one who is powerful. We have an enemy who literally has a band of demons that are working with him and that are working for him. And now is not the time to be left naked and uncovered. See, with the polishing of armor or with the armor, there are all of these pieces that we need to put on every single day so that we can withstand the evil. It says when the day of evil comes, you are able to stand your ground. You can protect yourself all because of the pieces that you literally have equipped yourself with. And I want us to continue to look at all of these pieces over these next couple of weeks. And with polishing the armor, I explained it's based on um, my ebook on spiritual warfare. And we examine, you know, signs of an attack, why the enemy attacks, and how to successfully defeat the enemy. So what is our armor? We find it right here in Ephesians 6, as I just read above, you know, previously. And it's understanding that you have to walk with your weapon. As we break down the full armor of God, I want to examine what each piece means and how we can apply it to our daily lives. Because it says, put it on daily, every single day, all right? Every single day. So when you look at 13 through 17, and it really gives that breakdown of all the different things that comes with it. Why am I talking about walking with your weapon as it pertains to polishing the armor? So go with me to verse 15. Verse 15, it says, and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. See, our feet are made for walking, right? Our feet, they are what take us places. They determine where we go, what path we take. That is where our feet will lead us. And they are to be fitted with the readiness, right? The preparedness that comes from the gospel of peace. When your shoes fit properly, they enable you to go from place to place and to do so comfortably. They allow you to go from this place to this place and you're comfortable, you're confident, you're assured about where it is you're heading. And dare I say, it's almost like what's going to happen along the way because it's peace. They are to be fitted with the gospel 
of peace. See, we are to be about our father's business, right? That's what it all boils down to. We are supposed to be about God's business and God's house and what God wants. We're to be walking in obedience. And a lot of times we aimlessly wander trying to be about our own business, thinking about what we want, about our house and our needs and our desires. I spoke on that a couple of years ago or maybe last year, I don't know when it was, called Whose House? Like you will find that in Reach Online Church as well. But I did that message and it was when God had uh, shown me something in Haggai chapter one that I do not have bookmarked. Why would I even think that I was going to have that bookmarked? That's just what I do. But let me pull it up really quickly. I want to go, I want to look at Haggai chapter one. If I can get there. It's like, nope, it's taking me to Ezra. I'm just going to pull this up on my Bible app so that I can keep on going. Sorry that you see me that I keep kind of like, like I'm playing with my teeth or I just keep doing whatever. I am literally in the midst right now of doing the, um, with my best friend, we're doing the 10 day green smoothie cleanse. So it's like each day, you know, there's like a different smoothie or, you know, whatever that you have to do as far as the whole cleanse is concerned. And it's typically, you know, a whole lot of kale or spinach or mixed greens or whatever else. So of course, it's always kind of funny to me as I've been like drinking these things all day long. And then, of course, I'll end up going to the bathroom. It's like when I'm just, you know, washing my hands or going to brush my teeth or whatever else. There's like spinach all over the place. I'm trying to make sure as I'm teaching that that's not the case here. So that's why if you keep seeing me like kind of moving my mouth around and I'm literally drinking my second one right now. And it's like, anyway, you didn't ask for all that. So Haggai chapter one, I want to look at verses five through ten. Now, this is what the Lord Almighty says. Give careful thought to your ways. You have planted much, but harvested little. You eat, but never have enough. You drink, but never have your fill. You put on clothes, but are not warm. You earn wages only to put them in a purse with holes in it. Hmm. This is what the Lord Almighty says. Give careful thought to your ways. Go up into the mountains and bring down timber and build my house so that I may take pleasure in it and be honored, says the Lord. You expected much, but see, it turned out to be little. What you brought home, I blew away. Why, declares the Lord Almighty, because of my house, which remains a ruin, while each of you is busy with your own house. God is saying, hey, I will destroy some of the things you have going on at the end of the day. Like you're so focused over here, but you're missing the bigger picture. You're supposed to worry about my house. My house is in ruins. My business is in ruins. There are things that are going on when it comes to, you know, like the, the church and the temple and, you know, my children in general. And y'all are so focused on your house. We're to be about God's house. We're to be about God's business. I remember he spoke that to me before when, you know, of course, this ministry is tied to the nonprofit. You know, my nonprofit organization, God is Love Incorporated. And a lot of times I was like, OK, God, I know you want me over here, but like I got bills. I got stuff to do. And I got to, you know, worry about all of these other different things. I'm a mom. I'm a parent. Da, 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 da. God was like, hey, but if you be about my business, I'll be about yours. So if you focus on doing what I've called you to do with the ministry and the church and the single women's ministry and the outreach and whatever else, don't you know that I will bless you as well? I've called you to a specific group of people and you think that I'm just going to leave you 
hanging when you're working for me, how easy it is for us to forget that. We have to be about God's business. We need to spread the gospel. We need to spread the word. We need to live a certain way at the end of the day. And when we keep this in mind, it's what keeps us headed in the right direction. Look at Psalm 23. And of course, I actually did have that one bookmarked and I literally just yanked the tab off. But look at Psalm 23. I'm not going to read the whole thing, but look at verse 4. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. I love that because it says, even though we walk, there is no reason to fear because the rod and the staff, they comfort us, right? Now you have to understand the rod, while typically, you know, just straight, just like it was, that was a natural symbol of authority, almost like that walking stick. When I'm talking about walking through the neighborhood and dogs and whatever else, a lot of times, you know, you know, people when they're walking, they use that to protect themselves and also to show their own authority and to show, you know, like, hey, you don't want to come next to me. I got this. Well, in this case, the rod was a symbol of authority and it was used as a tool by the shepherd to correct and guide his own flock. It wasn't to knock others away. It was to correct and guide his flock if they ended up doing something that was out of order. It was like giving them that little tap, like, hey, no, no, we're not doing that. that that's not what we're doing on this walk. And then you have the staff that had a hook to it. And it's one of those things where it too was used to guide sheep across open fields. And, you know, of course, there were rocky hillsides and things like that. And it was a tool that was used to make sure that they actually stayed on track. So it's like you could use the rod to kind of tap and say, hey, no, no, chastise, you're misbehaving. But then you would use that staff, that hook, when you saw them going out, it's like, all right, let me reel it on back. Let me bring you back and make sure that you actually stay on track with what we're doing here. So even as you walk, as we walk, oftentimes in the wrong direction, thankfully we have his rod, we have his staff that is there to correct us and keep us on track, right? Because at the end of the day, as shepherd, we lack nothing. That's what the word said, we lack nothing and he guides us. But the thing is, even though it says we lack nothing and we shall not want, sometimes we get a little distracted, but it's like, oh, she has that. I, I want that. Or he has that. I want, oh, well, this business is doing this and this person is doing this. This organization is doing this. I want to live that life. And sometimes instead of following God, we'll find ourselves following other people, going in another direction, doing things that we should not be doing or even focusing on at all when we don't need to, because God is like, hey, if you follow me, watch what I'll end up doing for you. And he guides us. But again, we end up wanting something else. And it's like either that or what we want, it's taking too long to come. And when that happens, we end up doing what? We try to take matters into our own hands or we, you know, attempt to go off on a different, you know, in a different direction. But God is only going to allow that for so long. That's just not the God that we serve. Look at Matthew 18, 12 through 14. Matthew 18, 12 through 14, parable of the wandering sheep. It says, what do you think? 
And this is Jesus talking, says, what do you think if a man owns a hundred sheep and one of them wanders away, will he not leave the 99 on the hills and go to look for the one that wandered off? And if he finds it, truly I tell you, he is happier about that one sheep than about the 99 that did not wander off. In the same way, your father in heaven is not willing that any of these little ones should perish. It says he leaves the 99 to go after just one sheep. Now, some people are like, oh, well, that's the thing. It seems like, you know, it seems like he puts, you know, more into those who strayed or those who wandered. What about me? I've been sitting here. I've been being obedient. I'm doing what I'm supposed to do, right? Remember, we did that series, The Other Son. We always make everything about the prodigal son. And then we forget, you know, the son who was like, hey, like I've been here all along. I've been taking care of all of these things where the father was like, yeah, you stayed. You have access. You have authority. You're allowed to partake in every single thing that we've had. What is the problem? But I'm going to rejoice because your brother who was lost is now found. So it does not diminish just because you're walking in obedience. You're supposed to do that. But a lot of times the problem is we do it and we want a reward for it. We want to be acknowledged because we're a part of the 99. God is like, no, that means you're following me. That means you're in order. That means you're doing what you're supposed to do. And when you're doing that, that means the blessings get to rain down on you. That means all the things I talk about in Deuteronomy 28, you have access to those things because you're doing what you're supposed to do. But you have to understand, I am going to celebrate and go after the one who returns or the one that I can go after and bring them back. Jesus said, remember, I did not come for those who were well. I came for the sick. He comes for the sick. He cares about those who go off. The shepherd wants to rescue you with his grace and with his love. He has his rod and his staff that are prepared. They are right there, ready to lead you back home. All you have to do is let him. That is literally all you have to do is let him. I know it sounds like a feel-good message, but it's the truth. It's the gospel, right? It says the gospel appeal. Like it is the gospel. Now let's go back to Ephesians 6, 17. Let me quiet down and use my inside voice. Let me go back to Ephesians 6, 17. But I want to look at part B of Ephesians 6, 17. And it says, take the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. OK, so when it comes to the sword of the spirit and the word of God, we know the sword of the spirit. It is the word of God. Right. And this is what we use to defeat the enemy. It is the sword of the spirit that helps us defeat the enemy, because in Luke four, we saw that Jesus used the same exact thing when he was being tested and tempted there in the wilderness by the enemy saying, hey, well, doesn't he say he'll protect you? And can't you do this and all of these different things? And yeah, he was trying to use, you know, the word of God, of course, to his own advantage. But Jesus is the word and knew the word and knew how to apply the word properly. And he had a rebuttal, of course, obviously, for every single thing. Jesus was able to defeat the enemy with the word of God. It's what is used. The sword of the spirit is what is used against Satan, right? And it and it works and it works well. Look at Hebrews 4. 
Hebrews 4.12 says, For the word of God is alive and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and the attitudes of the heart. It says it judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. And I love that. But let me also look at something else. 2 Timothy 3, 16 through 17. 2 Timothy 3, 16 through 17. All scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. We are the servants of God. Now, of course, there are debates on who wrote the Bible and if it's really from God, the whole nine. It's understanding that the word of God, the Bible, the scriptures, they are God breathed. And of course, God, what he did, he communicated to each author certain truths. And then it's like the Holy Spirit was there as a superintendent. So there were no errors. So how can we walk with our weapon as believers? Because we're looking at the shoes of peace. We're looking at the sword of the spirit. How can we walk with that weapon? So the shoes mention walking in peace, right? And peace is saying what? Peace is saying no matter what. In the midst of all of this, I'm good. All is well. God is still good. Peace is saying, I don't care what it looks like. It's going to be fine. Peace is saying, and for that, I can rest assured knowing that my God is going to come through for me. Peace is what Jesus left with us. And I did that message before, that unwrapped gift. When Jesus was saying, I'm giving you the gift of peace. He's saying, I'm leaving this with you. We have that. Peace is a fruit of the spirit that Galatians 5.22 speaks of. Peace is what Jesus exemplified as he was sleeping in the boat in the midst of a storm. Peace comes from simply knowing. That is what peace is. And it says we have these shoes that we can walk forward. We can walk straight in peace. And then we have our weapon. That is the word of the spirit. That is the word of God. And like Second Timothy mentions, it is useful in four different areas of our lives as believers. It is used in teaching us the truth, reproving or rebuking those who are in sin, correcting those who are in error, and training people to walk in God's righteousness. We have the word that is there for those reasons. Now, some people, they make it all about, oh, well, the word is about what we can do and we can't do. There are all these rules, all these, oh, we don't have to follow any of that. You know, those are old, they're old, they're outdated. You know, these are new times, da, 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 da. That's not how it works, first of all. We are supposed to read these things. We are supposed to read the stories and all the things that the different authors have told us about because that is how we get an understanding of exactly who God is. And then once we know the word, we realize that it is useful in these four areas, teaching us the truth, reproving, reproving or rebuking those of us who are in sin, correcting those who are in error, and then training us to walk in his righteousness to walk shoes, peace, walking in righteousness. They go together. You walk with your weapon when you go forth with the word of God. Simply put, Psalm 119, 105, it says, your word is a lamp for my feet. It is a light on my path. 
if you're walking in the dark, how many times have you, like, because I know here lately, and I think also I just, I down bottled water a lot. Like, I'm always drinking water, and I'm just, at any given time, like, even right now, like, in my office, the trash can behind me, packed up with water bottles. I got one on my desk. I keep them all over. Like, literally, I have, like, three or four water bottles in my car, and when people, oh, I'll clear these out for you. No, don't touch those. Like, I drink those. Like, they have not been there that long, so it's not bad. I know what they say about leftover water. Like, no, I'm always... I have empty bottles and I collect those in my bathroom downstairs. I keep like two in there. If I have like a super hot shower, I have like one or two on my headboard, one or two on my dresser, everywhere. And it's funny because again, I say all that I'm always downing water. So sometimes I am now that person who in the middle of the night, because I just, I don't know how to cut off my water intake. I end up getting up in the middle of the night and I need to go to the bathroom. I just, I hate that because I'm already a light sleeper. And it's like, once my sleep gets disrupted, sometimes it can be hard for me to fall back to sleep. So I'm like, you got to stop drinking so much water at night. And I sleep with my room pitch black. Like I, I like it dark. I like it freezing cold. I keep my TV on, but I make sure the timer is on there. So it knows, you know, when to, um, you know, when to shut off all of the good stuff. So yeah, there are times when I get up in the middle of the night, I got to go to the bathroom and Common sense would say, sometimes it's dark, Victoria. Make sure there's nothing by your bed, but not me. I am absolutely one of those people who is taking advantage of, you know, being single and not sharing my bedroom with anyone because I am one of those, like, I would take shoes off wherever on my floor. Um, and that's just kind of that. So I've had a couple of, where I've kind of like tripped because it was like a pair of shoes and it's like, I'm mad, I got an attitude and I'm the one who left them there. Walking in the dark, and especially now it can be a little bit because I'm like, I don't even know where to step. And it's like, yeah, I could maybe think about like the lights. But even then, it's like I might have to step over some stuff to get to the light. I have a nightstand, but because I'm OCD about things lining up perfectly, it's like the picture that is next to the headboard. I want to make sure that the nightstand lines up with the picture and it's not actually next to the bed like it's supposed to. So sometimes I have to lean all the way over that can risk me falling out the bed oh, because I'm trying to turn off or on the light. So instead I get out of bed and it's dark and I don't know where to step. And a lot of us are the same way. We know that there's somewhere we need to be. There's some place we know that we need to get to, but we don't know where to step. We don't know where to go. And we're a little bit nervous because it's like, I need to get here, but I don't want to stumble. I don't want to fall. I don't want to make the wrong move again. I don't want to hurt myself. I know what that pain can be like. You know that you need to walk, but it's dark and you don't know where to step. Psalm 119, 105 says you need light. And literally his word is the lamp for your feet that shows you where to step and where to walk. It's a light on the path and his word will guide you as the weapon that it is. But if you don't read it and if you don't know it, then what? How are you gonna use the word when you're walking through darkness and, and things come up against you? Because the enemy loves darkness. The enemy is always gonna try you when things are a little bit dark and stormy, right? That's when he's going to start naming and throwing all of these things to try to get you off course. And now you're already panicked because it's like, I don't know where to step. I don't know where to stand. 
I don't know where to go. Not only that, imagine that you have the enemy who is throwing the fiery darts, using the word of God to his advantage, and you don't even know what to say back. The weapon that you should be using, you have your enemy using. And that's what makes us pause. That's what makes us retreat. That's what makes us go back because again, the enemy only has access to our past. And that's what gets us frustrated and never getting ahead. Do not get caught allowing the enemy to use your weapon. His word will guide you. His word will guide you, but you have to read it. You have to take it all in. And again, even some, I've said it before, even if you don't quite understand what's going on, I always tell people, keep on reading. You might not understand it. Your mind not might not comprehend it, but I can rest assured your spirit is soaking it all in. Your spirit is taking it in and you're going to find yourself in a battle. You're going to find yourself walking in darkness where it's like, Lord, I might not know the exact verse. <laughs> I might not know the exact scripture, but somewhere in your word, it says something about those who wait on the Lord. Lord, I know that somewhere it says you will meet all of my need. Lord, I know it says that you will take care of the sick. It's like your spirit is soaking it in even when you don't realize it. Then you don't have to be frustrated. You don't have to be annoyed. You don't have to be tired, complaining, feeling abandoned. None of those things. Because when you're walking in the dark, you're taking your own turns and making your own moves, getting further away from the path that your God desires you to be on, further away from the blessings that he wants to bestow on you, because the word says he rewards those who are obedient. It says he rewards those who are obedient. You have to put on your full armor every day. Every single day, you need to walk with your weapon. Your peace will come from you walking with your weapon. Let peace take you on a righteous path of knowing that he is with you, he is guiding you, and you can smile knowing I'm following Jesus. And that's that. Let me pray for you. Heavenly Father, Lord God, hmm. Lord, I just want to say thank you for your word. Thank you for your word that never returns void, Lord God. Thank you for your word that does what you have set it out to, to accomplish and do. Thank you, Lord God, for guiding us. Lord, I just, you know what? I want to take the time to say thank you for your rod and your staff because we have gone in the, let me speak for myself, times I have gone in the wrong direction. Hmm. Times I've tried to make my own way. Times I got tired of waiting on you, Lord. Times I trusted you, I just didn't trust that you were going to move fast enough. And I went off in ways that you would not even have me go. Hmm. Here I am and you're, you're still God. And Lord, I just want to say thank you. Lord, I don't think we thank you enough. Because you've been better to us than we've been to ourselves. You've been faithful even when we have faltered. You've been a way maker even when we have wavered. Lord God, let us just say thank you. And I just pray that you would give all of your children the courage to boldly walk with their weapon.
And for any child of yours that doesn't know what that looks like, Lord God, I pray that you would show them just where to start. Show them where to start, God. That is my prayer. In the precious name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. Listen, God bless you all. All right. It can be hard trying to walk in obedience. And I think that's the problem. Some of us were trying. We're trying. And it's like a lot of times, you know what the word says, and then we'll We'll beat ourselves up a lot of times. Satan doesn't even have to do it. We do it on our own, beating ourselves up. Because like, oh, you knew better. Why did you go that way? <laughs> God is saying, hey, only thing I need you to do, get up, follow me. Okay, I see what you were doing. Get up and follow me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I get all that. Yeah, just come on. Come, come with me. Just follow him. That's all. And even if you don't know where you're going, his rod and his staff, they, but the thing is, says my sheep, they hear my voice. You have to know his voice. Reading the Bible is one of the best things you can do as a Christian. And uh, we got false teachers and false prophets and people who are doing things for, you know, their own selfish reasons and personal gain this is not the time to trust and to, and to place your salvation in somebody else's hands as my friend ashley always says there's no what she said there's no group discount on judgment day you can't get in just because you're going in with a certain group right There are different things I have on the JAL site that can help you when it comes to reading your Bible, when it comes to understanding God, when it comes to spiritual warfare. I have different things that will help you when it comes to being spiritually equipped. All right. But at the end of the day, you can always I'm here for prayer, uh, questions, whatever the case might be. All right. God bless. I pray that you have a fantastic day. And you can connect at the JALministry.com. If you are led, you can sew into this ministry. You can grab the ebook, Polishing the Armor, from the shop. But um, that is what I have for you wonderful, amazing people. And uh, God bless. Have a good one. And I will uh, I'll talk to you later. Bye.